Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 598th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who split a seed up in a box with six others and built community resilience. We're talking with Tommy Hockett about sharing seeds with friends. Tommy runs Sissy and Bubba's farm stand along with his beautiful wife, Shelly. Through their strong faith, they are striving to be good stewards while living a self-sufficient life full of abundance. Tommy recently convinced a few of his friends to go in on a purchase of a seed up in a box and had their own seed sharing event. I have to say this story was too epic to pass up and wanted to share it with you all, our listeners, and I want to also say that Seed Up in a Box is a product by a company that I own called Great American Seed Up. You can find out about it at greatamericanseedup.org. And our goal there is to build seed resiliency into communities. And that is why we're talking with Tommy today. Welcome to the show today, Tommy. Are you ready to rock seeds? Yes, sir. I was born ready. I <laughs> love it. So let's talk about your Seed Up in a Box. Can you tell me about maybe how you found out about the program? Yes, sir. I found out about it through your podcast. Oh, well, got to love that. Oh, and I have to do do a shout out to you. I know you've listened to well over 200 episodes of our podcast, and I just really want to thank you for that because you're the reason I do these podcasts. So thanks, dude. Yes, sir. It's It's been a pleasure. I enjoy the podcast every day. Oh, thanks. And uh, we have over 600 episodes, so there's plenty to listen to. So our Seed Up in a Box is a collection of as many different varieties of seeds that you want to order times 10. So we put them in packets of 10. And you ordered a box from us and you received it. Tell me about the day you received it. The day that we got together for the seed swap event, it was really awesome. We didn't quite have 10 people, so we weren't able to follow the directions about splitting them up. So we had one guy with a triple beam scale that was over here at my kitchen table measuring out the small seeds. 
and we had other people we had no free counter space because all the bigger seats we all was taking turns counting them out <laughs> so everybody had the proper amount so you actually counted the bigger seeds rather than weighed them yeah yes sir because the triple beam it was it was just taking a little bit and most of my buddies and whatnot were from dallas or the surrounding areas uh-huh. and i'm quite a bit north of that so we weren't trying to keep people here all day long right wow so th- the way that seed up in a box works is we make up 10 packs and that 10 packs of seeds is 10 generous portions of seeds and 10 Ziploc bags and 10 business cards that tells you about the seed itself. So you got that. What was it like in that room that day you were splitting up these seeds? It was great. It was just, we were all having fun, excited about the seeds, the amount of seeds that everyone was getting. One, we had a couple of people that just showed up for the event, even though they didn't purchase seeds. And we had a couple of people that decided to share their seeds with them. Just, well, you missed out on the seed order, but we're going to share ours with you. And that's really what, what it was all about anyway. So that was great. Nice. And what motivated you to put together a group of friends to do this? Like, what's your why behind it? Just seeing the current direction of the world and growing things. I've never really been good at gardening, but it's always been a very important thing to do. Uh It just seemed like this would be a good way to take another step away from the system. Right. That's why that's why we do seed up in a box and why I teach what I teach. And how did you come up with these friends to do this with? So they're part of three different communities or groups or club, I don't think is the right word, but something along those lines. There was the Man Scouts and the Freedom Cells, the DFW Freedom Cells, mm-hmm. and then the group that I founded, the North Texas GSD group. And we, I brought it before each one of them, trying to get enough people to go in on a seed buy, which is not hard to do. Right. But it's a little bit hard to do when you're over the internet. And sure, I've met all the people in my group, but I hadn't met hardly anyone in the Freedom Cells and only a few people in the Man Scouts. Mm-hmm. So basically, they they had to go out on a limb and just kind of trust me. <laughs> <laughs> and so they trusted you. You guys showed up. Was it like Christmas in the room when you were splitting up the? Oh seats? yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was great. Every like I say, everyone had a different job. We were passing out the uh, plastic packages uh-huh. to split them up, and we had other people separating out how many packages and separating them out uh, in the bags after they were packaged and. The conversations were great, and it, it was a good time all around. Isn't that just fun? You know, when we do the, the Seed Up event in person, we'll get three or 400 people scooping seeds in a room, and there's this sizzle. There's this electricity in the room that you just can't find anyplace else except Christmas, right? Yes, sir. I would love to go to one of those in person. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll do one again this year. And what does your wife think about all of this? Oh, she loves it. She she's right there for every every step of the way. Nice. And so you have all these seeds now. What are you going to do with them? Well, a uh, big 
chunk of them I'm going to plant. I'm actually looking out my window at my soon-to-be garden area right now. Nice. And other than that, I plan on trading some of those seeds for other seeds that I didn't get or maybe just want. Uh-huh. And if I come across a good opportunity to share some of them with somebody in need, then absolutely. Nice. And you ordered the mix and match custom package. It's one of our bundles. So you chose your varieties. How did you go about the variety selection process? Well, I was looking at all of the different packages that you offer. And even though they were all great, I just thought that it would be easier to get people in on the buy if they could choose exactly the seeds that they wanted. So basically, I told everyone that wanted in on the seed buy, hey, here's the list from the mix and match. This is what we can get. So make yourself up a list. And then I went through there and I had, I think, six people. It ended up being way more than that, but originally it was six people. And I went through the list and compared common denominators, basically and wrote down a master list and was like and presented it to them and said so this is what everyone agrees on would we like to add any more to it and we added a couple of things mm-hmm. like uh the slow bolt cilantro yeah. and the kiona mustard and then we placed the order so you actually did this built the community brought everybody together decided on seeds before you placed your order Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. That is a great community building process. And how was that part of the process for you? What was that like? Well, since we did it long before planting season, it wasn't that stressful. It could have been if we were behind the wire or something. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't bad at all. I had a good time doing it. Oh, it's always fun playing with seeds. That's for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So tell me what you expected when you ordered the seed bundle and compare it to the reality of what it was like when you got your box. It met all of my expectations. It was really awesome. I thought the amount of seed, because in my imagination, you know, seeds take up a lot of room. So I was expecting to get a ginormous box. Uh (laughs) And then I got the other one and I was like, oh, Okay, and then I opened it up, and I was like, nope, they're all here. This is an amazing amount of seeds. They just don't take up as much room as I thought they would. (laughs) Janice tells me that you have a new farm property that you're very excited about. Can you tell me about it? Uh, Yes, sir. Uh, It's up here in uh, north-central Texas, about an hour and a half north of Dallas, and we recently uh, moved from a little over an acre maybe an acre and a half up to uh 12 acres and whoa really yes sir it's 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 amazing god truly blessed us because the chips just fell into place nice. for us to be able to buy this property and what are you doing with 12 acres stressing out a lot of the times <laughs> <laughs> because that's a lot of acres <laughs> yeah one of the things i tell people all the time when you're in a position like that is you need to so you have 12 acres but you need to not take on too much, you know, like pick one project and do it and get successful at it. That'll help a lot, Tommy. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Yeah, right at the moment, uh, what we're doing, we do have a pasture area set up 
where we keep the goats and the chickens. And then our rabbits in our garden is uh, right up here behind the house. And we have in between that an amazing amount of thick forest. Wow. So you have forest land as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Most of the the property is heavily forested. Yeah. Wow. Cool. And so what are your plans moving forward with the property? I would eventually like in the very near future to be making all of my income off of the farm Mm -hmm. through different farm products. I have no definite plans because they change on a daily basis (laughs) with the land and where the sun shines and everything else. So what are you currently raising? We raise four goats and a couple of different types of uh, laying hens. We raise buff orpingtons and brown sex links. And then I raise tamuk rabbits. I also uh, have Transylvanian naked neck chickens as well. Oh, really? Okay, so you've got to send me a picture of one of those. I have no idea what they are. <laughs> yes, sir. I can do that. They look like a tiny ostrich. Really? Y- yes, sir. They uh, The common name for them is uh, the turkin. And back in the colonial days and before that, it was actually considered witchcraft to own one of them because (laughs) you had to have been a witch to own a cross between a turkey and a chicken, even though that's not what they are. They're Uh just bald chickens. But yeah, they're really cool little creatures. Wow. And they lay eggs for you. Yes, sir. Awesome. And tell me about... Sissy and Bubba's farm stand. How did that happen? What did you do to start that? I was raised on a farm, uh-huh. but I it was my mom and dad's farm when I was growing up was basically just a hobby farm. Uh-huh. But I don't know. God just he called me to farming. I this this is my purpose in life. Oh my like, God! I hear you on that. Plain and simple. It's it's. There's no other option. I would be miserable doing anything else. Wow. You know, I I have that life too. From a very young age, I was pushed. I don't know how, but I was pushed into growing food. And in the middle of my life, for about 20 years, I was in technology, but I always had a garden. And I made my way back to farming. And while for me, farming is a hobby, teaching people how to farm is my profession and, you know, the podcast. So boy, do I hear you on that one, man. Yes, sir. And what do you sell at your farm stand? Well, right at the moment, only eggs. We do have different meats uh, that we're allowed to sell. I don't have any at the moment, uh-huh. but all of our animals, uh, with the exception of the laying ends, do provide meat for the table uh-huh. and for sale. And, uh, if I can get the infrastructure ready by springtime and summer, I do plan to raise broiler chickens. Oh, right. And if I can, I doubt it's going to happen this year, but if I can grow enough uh, vegetables, I would like to offer that. Well, and the good news about vegetables is they grow prolifically once you get your soil going, you know? Yes, sir. Well, cool. Sounds like you have a fun space to be growing food in. Yes, sir. It's amazing. I I love coming home every day. (laughs) Nice. So I am going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. Since we're talking about gardening and uh, whatnot, see, three years ago, yeah, three years ago, we uh, decided to do raised beds because uh, at my old place, there was not a good spot to do in-ground gardening. Uh-huh. It 
would either flood or it would bake in the sun. There was very little shade and you being from Arizona, I'm sure you understand what Southern sun just is not good for plants. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is the case. So I had never done raised beds, but I built mine way too tall. I built them probably, oh, three, three and a half foot tall. Wow. And I was struggling to fill them. And I was like, you know what? Plants love manure. I wasn't thinking that it needed to be compost. <laughs> and <laughs> I, me and my wife went out into the pasture and with a wagon and started collecting cow manure. And I ended up using so much of it that I salted my uh, soil in my raised bed. Mm. So I might have gotten two, cu- two cucumbers oh, yeah. that year. And, the and as far as uh, overcoming it, uh, compost your animal manure. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that again. Yeah, big time, big time. And what do you consider your biggest success? Marrying my wife. Oh, isn't that sweet? I have to agree with you on that. Heidi, my partner, my wife is a, so wonderful. Tell me about a little bit about her. She's wonderful. Uh, she stays home during the day. She is the farmer. She is the farm manager. I work nights, so I have to sleep most of the day, and then I'm up for two to three hours, and then I go to work. Mm -hmm. And she takes care of all of the daily operations. And right now, she's working overtime because we have this weird polar vortex thing coming through. Oh, my gosh. I heard about that yesterday. Yes. We're in Texas. We should never have to deal with this. (laughs) Right. But, yeah, she's been hand-watering the rabbits and chipping ice out of the goat water and the chicken water and everything else. We just got a new buck, and he's not integrating into the herd yet because he's just freshly weaned off his mom. Uh-huh. So he he hasn't found his place yet, so she's been taking extra care of him. And like I say, she if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be able to do even a quarter of the amount that is done on this farm. God bless our partners, huh? Yes, sir. And what drives you? Just the fact that this is my calling, that that I was called to be a farmer. It's, like I said earlier, there there is no other option. Even if I cannot make this my full-time income, it, it still has to be done. It has to for my sanity, for everything. It just has to. Yeah. Well, and the good news is, if you plan it right, you can absolutely make a nice living farming full-time. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm just not quite to that point. We were we were getting infrastructure set up on the old land, uh-huh. but then moving a whole farm to uh, this land, none of it has even been remotely kept up in the last 10 to 15 years. Yeah. So it was all overgrown and everything else, so... Right now, we're more in the process of just taming it back down to a level that we can manage. Yeah. Well, and remember, whenever you start a farm or a business or a process like this, it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a, you know, you do it one step at a time and one success at a time. Don't forget that. Yes, sir. And I appreciate that advice. And you're absolutely right. I know Rome wasn't built in a day, but I bet the emperor sure wished it could have been. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? 
Uh, it would be the marvelous pigness of pigs by Joel Salatin. Ah, you do. And know as Joel. for the, I'm sorry. You do know Joel. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, not personally. Never met him, but I've read a lot of his books. <laughs> have you heard him on our podcast? I have not. I must have missed that one. I'm going to have to go back and search for that one. Go to the urbanfarmpodcast.com page and search for Joel Salatin. We have two episodes with him, I think. Okay, that's unusual that I missed him because normally all of my podcasts, I get excited when Joel's getting interviewed. Right, and he is an amazing, amazing person doing what he's doing. As for the why of that book, Joel Salatin is a, he seems to be an amazing farmer. And in that particular book, he outlines what good Christian farmers and stewards should do and what what exactly is wrong with the factory farming system and the capos and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's something we can do about it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There, There is absolutely something we can do about it. Yeah. I mean, if everyone kept a couple of chickens for eggs and gardened in their backyard, most people who don't live in an apartment, two to three hens, and have a small garden. Yep. And most of the world's problems would be solved by that. I mean, not all of them, but I think it was Bill Mollison that said that all of the world's problems could be solved in a garden. Yep. And he has a point. I, I mean, I'm not going to say that every single thing can be solved in a garden, but uh, 90% of it, I think, could be. Yeah, big time. And yeah, I, I do recall reading that he said that, and there is so much truth to that. First of all, there's peace in our gardens, for starters. Yes, sir. And then when we're then when we're growing our own food, we're growing amazing quality food for us to eat. And with the amazing quality food, you you don't get sick as much either when right. you start eating stuff that you have raised. Yeah, exactly. And what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? I would say that if you know your purpose in life regardless of whether it's farming or not it, it doesn't have to be it's just if you know your purpose don't give up on it don't let somebody tell you that it's not possible just keep on working towards it no matter how long it takes and just keep taking even if it's a half a step just keep taking the steps towards it as my buddy who i call bubba and I've known him for 45 years. He says, Greg, you just have to move the football forward a little bit every day. Agree 100%. Well, it's been an absolute joy to have you on the show today. Thank you, Tommy. Yes, sir. It, it's been a pleasure. And how can our listeners find you guys? Oh, have uh, my email, uh, Sissy and Bubba's Farmstead at yahoo.com. Or I do have a Telegram channel on the uh, Telegram app. It is t.me forward slash s and b farmstead. Perfect. And you can find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash sissy and bubba. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams.
Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.